You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Brianna C. Martins paints the mirage of an America that never existed for people like her and entire swaths of the population of this country. The artist's watercolor paintings fall away from the viewer like a half-remembered dream. Images of ghostly and phantom children coming together to explode in kaleidoscopic colors. Working from found black and white photos, the images metamorphose into technicolor nightmares, the old made new, children dressed up as monsters and monsters dressed up as children. These monochromatic visions glow with infernal light, watching the viewer, watch them. Poe's family photos captured the conflicts raging beneath the surface, the pause or unease creating narrative tension, a rift between what is expected and what's seen and better left unsaid. There are images captured from the afterglow of a fading star, an apparition of our world growing dimmer amidst the passage of time. These paintings confront you with pleading eyes, asking the viewer to delve deeper into the question, does this familial imagery have personal meaning to you? Or is it evocative of an emotional scene you might have remembered yet never experienced? Brianna C. Martins, uh, so excited to have you on the show. Hi. I um, I uh, saw your images on uh, Instagram and was immediately enthralled by them. Um, uh, the beautiful color uh, and the um the what's underneath too and reading about your process um you know with with, yeah. with the photos um before we get into that uh i wanted to ask you about you, you as an you as an artist um have you always been an artist i mean were you a little kid running around being an artist or did you have a moment where in your development you're like yeah yeah i'm an artist i'm that person um, I'm actually a third generation artist. So I'm um, going back to uh, my grandma um, uh, through my uh, father and through to me. So it was a little bit expected in a way, but uh, I knew that being an artist was more than a family business uh, when it became clear that I can't help but to make art. Um, I don't know what to do besides make art. I don't know how to um, live without it or without creating it. So it's become kind of, it's my, you know, my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Your way of expression. I, um, uh, in, in, in talking about the, and thank you for that. And talking about the, the images, um, uh, there's a delicacy there. Um, you can you can assume the or, or start to feel the people that come through in how you present them with the watercolor. Tell us about. I mean, you just told me that you find some of these photos in the city I was born, in, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Before we got on here, you mentioned in that you find photos. So so tell us about that. Like tell us about finding the photos and and how you make these these beautiful uh, art pieces. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of them uh, come from fan photos. Uh, 
either bought or traded. Um, sometimes I get submissions from people who like my art, um, who will send me photos that they think um, appeal to me. Really, it's a lot of going through boxes and boxes of old photos of people, um, strangers, and looking for ones that like come out to me. Um, yeah. They always kind of like jump. Um, and usually while I'm like sort of sifting through, so you can just kind of picture me in a thrift shop going through a big box of photos and I'll go through and I'll make a pile of like definitely's and possibly's. <clears throat> and really it's about uh, <clears throat> like uh, finding this sort of um, inferred narrative that I go for um, a certain amount of context in the photo that can create a storyline in the viewer's head or even just in my head for myself. Um, and those are the ones that I really kind of like glom onto the, sometimes I think of them as almost, if not iconic, if like a template of Americana, you know, um, I'm working yeah. on a very large one right now that has a girl showing off her like brand new bike and her like little sister is sitting on the steps and just looks so miserable and jealous with like her hand on her chin. Um, uh, yeah. And so it just kind of gives me this story that popped from the image that I try to like really um, make present in the finished product. So each of them are kind of their own little story. Yeah. Yeah, I want. I wanted to ask about the emotion and the, the, you know. So when I when I when I look at when I look at those those images, I'm, you know, there's a magic in the art. There's a magic where um, the their their stories or, or faces or something uh, comes through. Um, is is it an emotional connection that that you make to wondering what's going on beyond? You know, like the images that you see, or are you looking for that type of thing, or does the mystery come to you? You're like, what is going on behind this? What what do you think attracts you, or or do you look for something in particular? It's really kind of it comes together in two waves. You know, like um, there'll be my intention behind the piece. And that's always inherently attached to the photo and what's contained in the image. But they kind of like dovetail and sort of move together. Um, a piece I recently, um, you know, like put online uh, was kind of pulled from this idea of like a green inferno, um, sort of these bubbling green flames. And I wanted um, it to be that the inferno was of like the plant based like a cold fire you know um yeah yeah, yeah. It, the colors uh i started thinking a lot about um the disney like cartoon associations with like purple and green you know um maleficent in sleeping beauty and how she appears in this kind of cloud of like green flame uh and then also there's a horror movie called um green inferno that is a like uh ecological um cannibal movie yeah. um which i really uh i didn't i wouldn't say i enjoyed the movie but i did kind of <laughs> like, i liked that sort of um description of a jungle 
or like overwhelming wildness as a green inferno. And so those, all those things and those ideas kind of dovetailed and started to move through the piece as I worked on it. And, um, as I kind of played with the perspective and figuring out really what was like important to me. Um, I have some strange arbitrary rules in painting that I like go by like for myself um, as a way of working where uh, I don't change anything about the photo. Um, I had like a period when I was first starting out where I did some portraits and then I would put like a monster behind them or something. And it was just a little bit too contrived for me and like what I was going for because I really I would like these to be kind of a subtle horror like a subtle spookiness to them you know yeah um, yeah, where yeah you see them and they look and you're like oh it's a bright colored picture of kids and but then it's sort of that like sort of slow dread and because of the nature of the found photos a lot of them are staring at you and so I've done paintings yeah. where sometimes the um, the people in the painting are staring almost over your shoulder. And um, I'm currently working on a painting right now um, of a baby lying in grass. And there's a shadow falling over the baby. And um, the painting is called uh, Under, the Sh- Under a Shadow of Death. And the shadow is... Theoretically, the viewers, the photographers, the um, observers. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. kind of putting you into it. So that's what I go for. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and thanks on that. I saw that the, the painting you referred to in, in, in the green. I, uh, I um, just in my head, um, uh, when I painted um, just once or twice, uh, you're helping me articulate it, but there's some sort of green churn or green energy or something that I yeah. dabble with. Uh, and I, I love that. I love that so much. I, um, I, of course your Instagram is called pretty spooky girls and there's a ghostly aspect uh, to, to all you do probably by the very nature of it. I mean, what comes through is while it's bright and colorful, our mind quickly gleans that it's from somewhere else or maybe another universe. It's familiar. It's not familiar. And that's the, the, the ghostly piece to it. So it's very powerful in that to, 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 to draw the viewer in. Um, I say it's a uh, fascinating and beautiful art. And that leads to the question I have for you. And the show gets into, um, a third generation uh, artist. Um, you talk about how important art in creating is for your mind and navigating the world. But what is what is art for you? Like you know, you this is what you do. But what is it? Um, art for me is not even just a like self expression. I mean, it comes from that, but it's really about expressing an idea or sharing a story. Um, I create these pieces and the current series I'm working on is called American Carnage, um, which is sort of born of the idea that America, um, we live in this historical chain of violence from the very early days of this country. It's been a very like violent and sort of hunted past and through these paintings I'm trying to express that idea that the sort of 
glorified 40s, 50s, 60s, the idea of like this America as this sort of shiny veneer, really, we're looking at it through rosy colored glasses. And once you get past like these white picket fences and underneath the green grass, you know, it is, there's a rot and malaise to it. And it's, and it's a mirage. And so by painting these ghosts of America, essentially, I'm trying to give voice to the idea that only by re-examining our history and like recontextualizing what we sort of like thought of as normal or has always been this idea um, that we can like start to understand our present and then finally be able to move forwards. And so for me, art is a way of sharing that idea and it's something I think is important. And so that's why I paint and that's why I share them is to try to get that idea out in my own way. Um, and that's that's why art is essential to me. And that's yeah. why yeah. I'm making it and why I can't help but make it. Well, thank you. Thank you for the the idea you know, the idea and, and thinking about what's behind it. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, and I do think it's a glossed over part of the U S of a, um, you know, the, the, the blood, the dislocation, um, historically, uh, and, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable. Right. And, and I think what, you know, what, the ghosts or the images or the faces that were there start to tell a different story. And, and I believe that's, uh, I, for me, that type of art, uh, and the radical inflection that you do really like that's, that's, there's some great power in there. Um, I'm, I wanted to ask you, uh, in relation to that, um, you know, that puts the importance of the, the art that you do and how you think about it historically. But, what do you think this the role of art is uh, now? Has the role of art changed, or you know, as long as humans been doing art, the role of art is this? So the question is, what is the role of art? I think the role of art is anything that they'll let us have. You know, um, I don't think that art can be anything more than like the footprint that it's allowed to have culturally. But I think that that footprint can encompass everything and it can be nothing to someone else. It's probably the most subjective possible thing, you know? And so I try to use my art in a way to express these ideas while someone else's art's role might be for a more like commercial purpose or someone else's might be just for themselves, just painting at home. And I, so I think art's role is everything and nothing all at once, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. I, I dig that. Um, all right. So tell us, uh, so, so, so tell us, tell us a little bit about this, right? So you got your paintings up and, uh, and people, you know, have seen them or they, they give you a reaction. What's going on with your person moseying on in and, and taking a look 
at your paintings. What, and when it's new, when it's new, I mean, I yeah. saw your stuff. I'm like, I'm down, love this stuff, consume every image. But what about the, what about other folks? What do they, what do you think they're thinking when they, when they count these spooky images? Well, it's been very interesting um, as far as getting to I don't, our opening uh, as the artist. Uh, you're kind of a little bit anonymous, especially if it's like a bigger show um, where like no one actually knows what you look like. I've joked that um, one of these days I'll just wear a shirt with my paintings on it so people know that I'm the one who painted for them. <laughs> um, but it's getting over to getting to overhear people's reactions and their encounters with the art has been really rewarding in terms of sometimes people, it reminds them of themselves at a younger age. I've heard so many people say, Oh, this reminds me of yeah. my sister, my sister at that age. Um, sort of what I go for is the long read and the short read where you walk in and you see this brightly colored image of kids who are a little bit anachronistic, like you mentioned from another world almost. Um, and then you start to find personal like ways into it, like relating to it through the fact that we're all children at some point, we all have these yeah. memories. And as this like unique product of like an American, a very American childhood, you know, um, that's what can kind of draw in a viewer and then sort of having that creeping dread that comes from when you're really examining the paintings, you know, because the children I'm painting are in danger. I grew up with, uh, missing posters on milk cartons and the idea that I could just be gone any moment and also exploring this tradition of like the American short horror story from like Hawthorne through Poe through Lovecraft through King and the idea of this very American sort of creeping backyard suburban horror you know like yeah. a town that gets converted to vampires, but no one notices, you know, or like just sort of these ideas of a very like American hunting um, is kind of what, like I try to have be the spirit of the painting, literally. Sometimes um, they're a little bit uh, of conjuring from like, it feels a little bit like you're bringing the spirit back of the person. Sometimes yeah. a little bit because of the nature of the watercolor, they kind of seem to paint themselves. So that's, um, yeah, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to, to jump in on that. I wanted to ask about that. Um, so, and uh, it might be a strange question, but moving towards it with the, you know, you got your black and white photograph and I would look at that and I'd be like, as far as creating something from that, I'd be like, well, what was there? What's the color? Like, you know, like what, what, how does it, how does it come out? And like, and then the colors to, to come out from there. What do you, what do you intimate or see within that photograph? And how does it connect to the color that comes out? That's a really good question. Um, the color really kind of comes from, I always sketch the images and even when I first see the photo, I'm kind of starting to pick up on what I think the color could be. Sometimes it's a little bit more analytical um, in terms of right now, um, or I've done um, a series before that was like the sort of 60s Crayola color box colors. So there I was kind of just fitting to a color to the piece. And I had like yeah. the 
range but a lot of times this really is kind of about like the swirl of a color and like what will put the color together with the image um sometimes it'll be me trying not to be so literal in terms of if it's a beach scene doing it blue you know yeah um, yeah sometimes i have to try to stop myself i definitely have colors i um very much uh love and use too much especially like turquoise i think i use too much so that's totally fine that's totally fine to use too much turquoise don't no <laughs> um, no stops and, from here yeah and sometimes um yeah it kind of becomes a little bit of trying for me to do something unexpected um i've noticed i do the least amount of yellow paintings um ah. i think yellow is really hard for me to get like depth and shadows in so if you go through my paintings you'll notice that a lot of the times the yellows i use are really kind of like i don't know, just right up there against a shade of orange gotcha i, I tried doing a lemon yellow painting before and then you couldn't really see anything in it so <laughs> Yeah, I love, I love, I love hearing about the, you know, with the, with the color too. I, I've, um, I, I, I started painting, uh, by myself, you know, like learning to paint and, 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 and I've done some things that I, I, I really enjoy and others have enjoyed. But one of the things I found fascinating was I never painted. Right. And so when you start painting, uh, a lot of different things happen that wouldn't have happened before. And one of the big things was color. And my relationship with color, like the colors I enjoy seeing in the world weren't, they just didn't correspond to the, the colors that I wanted to use. And that was just so earth shattering once I started. And um, it's interesting you mentioned uh, yellow because I um, used, a, I started to use a lot of yellow, but it's not a color I ever like in like seeing or I, I like yellow, but it was nothing that really jazzed me or excited me or moved me. But when I started painting and creating myself, I'm like, God, I adore this, like this yellow. So I had this completely different relationship to it uh, in creating. So it created a completely different dynamic in my experience of like the world or how I understood because I'm like the things that I like or don't like might be be inflected and um so I, I i have one other confession i with i i i can't deal with glitter glitter is my kryptonite um i because i can't put it all back it's permanent you can't find it it's on all these spaces it drives me nuts but when i was i a couple times i tried to use glitter in painting and i loved it um yeah. just to kind of accentuate and i'm like i have control of the glitter my kryptonite is in my painting so colors and in, in materials and painting for me really just kind of switched my head around um and I yeah and something yeah. i find interesting is that you know my paintings can are are monochromatic but they aren't just one color. Um, yeah. Most of them include five or six different shades of a certain color or different kinds. And for me, it's um, really interesting trying to, it feels a little bit like pulling um, wool over the eye of the viewer in like kind of a pleasant way, like a, um, like a magic trick where I'm yeah, trying to yeah. get sort of these elements of like traditional academic painting, like um, a cast shadow or a turning or to create form. 
but I'm using only one color. And so it's really about kind of like figuring out what I can twist and how I can contort it and make it look like the whole painting is out of one color, but really it's out of these multiple different shades of a whole sort of range of the color, you know? Um, and yeah. then that's what creates the paintings. Cause if they are all just like the same single tube of pink, I wouldn't be able to get shadows. I wouldn't be able to get like these sort of the, the inflection of the um, eye or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really about kind of like twisting all those to become this new thing. For the eye yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, thanks for talking about the, 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 the color there too. And, 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 and that, um, I, uh, I, uh, I've seen that in there, but I'm, I've become fascinated with the, those type of inflection. I guess, Brianna, the, the main thing is I got to get, I'll talk to you later. I got to get an original so I can stare at the thing right in itself and not a photo, not a photo. I got to go right in. So I, I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to. Some of them are very fun, yeah. especially these larger ones I'm working on. Um, there's definitely an element where they kind of like swim. Um, you sort of like get like absorbed into the larger ones. And the, I'm working on one that's 11 feet tall right now. And I can't wait to see it up on. Oh, my gosh. Really? Gallery wall, like as itself, because I think it will really be kind of a portal into this world. So I'm really excited wow. about that. The, the girl, it's um, this one, I, I don't know, if, I'm not sure if you've seen, I posted it a little bit, um, the previews. Uh, it's the girl on the bicycle. Yeah. And um, she's actually taller than me. And I'm tall. I'm like five, nine. Um, but yeah, it's like bigger than me. Yeah. And I think um, in person, it's really going to like be sort of monumental you know like monument sized a little bit like encountering a large like bass relief or like a statue in a town square or something where just kind of like looking down at you oh <laughs> i'm excited i'm i'm excited i get a um i uh i i think about too um and on the just for me and, and thinking about the I don't know, maybe the people in the history and the ghosts, you know, I'm out on the West coast, I'm out in Oregon now, but you know, I'm steep there in new England. And, you know, you and I know that that's a different uh, beast, some more time, different geography. Oh, oh I would say older ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of that um, to that in, in, in the region. And I know, thinking about you know you searching for photos and stuff i can you know, i can just really picture it you know like like out there and 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 how it feels a, a bit different i love that with the the new england you mentioned uh one of the pieces i just didn't want to forget because you, you dropped in there hawthorne and i was thinking about the theme that you were talking about where you know it's the it's the veneer and i'm right with you i'll travel any journey like getting beyond the veneer or going mm -hmm. to the board finding out which is not you know like ambiguity i i i i really i really enjoy um you know i really enjoy that that journey um one of the things i was i was i was wondering um is there something within oh, and talking about hawthorne 
he had like I think the same type of thing or some of those classical New England writers. It wasn't the the the, the surface was there and the roles were there and the societal roles was there and the priest was there and the religious leader was there mm-hmm. and then you went into the forest or then you went back behind things. And that's where everything else was. And that's like in that tradition, I think of some of the authors that, that you had mentioned was that the ghosts and the horror or the strange stories were over and somewhere back behind, you know, we might yeah. say, well, maybe back behind a picket fence in the house, you know, that that's, you know, the horror or the mystery of the woods and the untamed aspect of, 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 of that. Um, and, do you find in, in exploring in exploring that those other things that which is behind um, what do you find it says about the veneer? I mean, you get back behind the veneer, but what what do you think it says uh, about about the facade of society? Yeah, I think the veneer is the protection, you know. Um, I think a lot about like early settlers, pilgrims, and how terrifying it must have been. Um, just even just growing up, like in New England, and going to the edge of the forest and standing at it, the sounds and the shadows, and the way it stretches back and back and back, and in Maine, there's parts of the woods where you can go to, and if you just start walking, you won't know when you're in Canada. You won't know how far away you are from home. Um, And it swallows you. And so I just think about sort of that veneer as the protection, you know, those, um, those wooden palisades, the sharpened trunks of trees with like the spikes and stuck into the ground to protect a village. But if as a person in that time, if you're believing in witchcraft and you believe that these creatures can slip their skins and, you know, steal a baby for their poultice, what is, what's a log wall going to do to protect (laughs) you? You know? So I think of that veneer of religion, society, civilization is sort of, it's all about the stories we tell ourselves, you know, and that goes back to the whole like American carnage idea. Um, Especially something I talk about a lot is um, there's a trope in horror uh, of like the Indian burial ground, you know, like the Amityville horror house was haunted because it was built allegedly not actually native, native burial grounds. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think about the nature and the history of this country, the whole country is an Indian burial ground. And yeah. we are all living in a haunted house, you know, and we're all being haunted by it. And it's a very unique American veneer of the sort of course of our history, which is a very short history. But the fact that in America, like we're all haunted, I feel. Um, every small town has uh, its house that you're not supposed to go by at night because something like bad happened there. 
and every town has its own like unique ghost story or if you park your car in the cemetery at night with a girl then you can see a ghost behind you in the rearview mirror, rear mirror or something um yeah. and then every region has its own cryptid its own creature its own mothman it's uh Jersey Devil, its own obscure creature that haunts the woods just out of like the sight of headlights. And it's a very unique uh, experience as an American that we're surrounded by these stories. And that's what I try to really share through um, like the writing I do on my page, um, just in terms of, for instance, I got a tip one time about a like ghost bus uh, from a school bus of children that had gotten hit by a train and that allegedly appears at this intersection. Oh, and so wow. while researching that, I found three or four other instances of buses full of kids that got hit by trains. And then that brought me to um, the a bus in Texas that crashed into a quarry and half the children drown and then that's another ghost story and so it's sort of these stories are all around us and I don't know if they're we tell them to ourselves to reconcile ourselves with grief and loss and horror and the little cuts through the veneer of our lives but so much of it from mass shootings to serial killers is a very unique proposition. And so for me, it's a little bit like ghosts are just around us all the time. Whether or not it is a literal manifestation of something paranormal, for me, it's more like all these ghosts are stories. And they're all just hanging in the air all the time. And if you like pull the thread of one, you start to find others. And so I think maybe the veneer of like a Hawthorne story, you know, of like a priest with a secret is us trying to tell ourselves that like everything's all right and that we can sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, there's something I thought about with the, you know, the black and white and brought the color. And I was thinking about it in, in terms of indigenous and, and, and native folks. And it has to do about depiction and, and, and moving towards color because, you know, I, I, I've, I've interviewed many uh, indigenous artists on the show. I've had 16 from over 20 different, uh, okay. from over 20 different uh, tribes. And, um, you know, there's this, there's this uh, horrific history that there's a frustration on it not being reconciled or dealt with, right? And But there's also the fact that peoples have persevered, that peoples have vibrant cultures, vibrant music, vibrant language, vibrant active. And, and so the color, the color and the presentation of that becomes very important. To, it's not, we're not talking about, yes, the ghost story is there, but with the color and the culture and the now for indigenous people, that's also really there as well too. There's so there's something that seems to me about moving from the black and white to the color that like, I think you've given the story life again, or, or making a proposition about what's going on there to, to, to evoke 
folks. So it's an exciting part of creation and seeing how you talk about it and think about it because it's, it's like revivifying something for presentation. Like I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of conjuring, a little bit of. That's a better word. (laughs) The kaleidoscopic like view of things and just kind of recontextualizing them. Cause it would be very easy for me to do these in black and white or sort of like muted tones. And I definitely played around with that a little bit, like when I was starting out, but for me really it is about trying to give breathe some life back into these like old ghosts, you know, and make them new again. Yeah. I got the big question for you and I think you dipped into it already. I'm going to ask you it again. Cause I don't want to give you, tell you that your answer was your answer but why the big question is big question is why is there something rather than nothing because nothing is an absence and i can't imagine not being full just being filled with life And so to resist the absence, to resist the nothing, to resist the void, uh, I create and I create things and I throw them into a void to see if I can fill it up. Yeah. I'm on the, uh, me and many others on the other side of the void trying to grab what you're throwing. So, (laughs) (laughs) Rihanna C. Marins, tell us, tell us, tell us where to find your art, how to encounter your art, you, what you create, um, where where do folks go? Because it's going to be really important for listeners here to 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 take a look, to to, to take a a close look at something I'm fascinated with. Um, But where, where, what do people do? They can go to my website. Uh, it is briannamartins.com. Um, I have my Instagram, which is kind of my main way of sharing stuff from the studio, uh, which is funny because I've amassed a lot of people who are very like interested in it, but it really can just kind of started as a casual thing of me feeling, well, I take a lot of pictures of my work as I work, so I might as well share them somewhere. Um, so yeah. my Instagram is pretty spooky girls. Uh, I'll be having some show announcements uh, coming up soon so that people can see my work in person. And I also have a shop that is on the way. So that will be online soon as well. Ooh, okay. These are all the things we wanted to hear. Um, yeah, that's, that's, not, oh, that's, that, 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 that's great. And, and, and I think, you know, like finding you on Instagram, I mean, I, I, I again, you know, uh, uh, the, I'm a, when I look at things, I think a lot and I drop back into the story that's behind. So your what you do just pulls me right in to, to think about those type of things. And, you know, talking about art is, can be an odd thing for some, right. They'd be like, ah, I just got to do the shit. Like I just got to, you know, create, I don't want to talk about somethings mm-hmm. and nothings and why the hell the universe is and that stuff. But I, I think that it engages things like we, we, we chat about history, color, um, ghosts, living, non-living, ambiguity. And I learned early on and what I was fascinated with, it wasn't like, as an example, it wasn't what Texas or Mexico was. It was like, what's going on at the border? What cultures? And I'm not talking about immigrant. I'm talking about 
at borders, when things become one thing and they're not another, what is that going on? And um, that's where that's where you live in your art. So <laughs> I'm going to hang around there. So Yeah, border, the border between living and memory, I think is absolutely right around where yeah. I try to hang out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, folks, I recommend that you, uh, you know, hanging out with us on the, the podcast here, but definitely check out Brianna's uh, uh, paintings and places that she mentioned. And I wanted to thank you so much. Uh, for me, I got to tell you, it's always a personal kick for me to talk to folks on, on the East Coast because uh, West Coast is like a completely different universe. And I'll mm -hmm. talk to anybody about that anytime. It's like, it's, it's beautiful, wonderful, and strange, but it ain't like the other side. And yeah. so I like to, uh, I like to connect back with you and, um, in, and, uh, you know, catch you and catch you in, uh, Massachusetts and, and talk about you finding old photographs in the thrift store and, uh, making great art out of them. So I really wanted to thank you for, for coming on to the show and talking about, talking about your art and, 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 and life and, um, really appreciate you and what you do, Brianna. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. And look forward to, to so much more. Everybody check out the um, uh, uh, shop when it comes up. Keep an eye on uh, updates and take a look through all the in, in, incredible art you'll find uh, on Instagram and on our page, uh, Brianna. Thank you uh, so much. And I hope we get the chance to talk to get, uh, together uh, soon again. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. This is Something Rather Than Nothing 